happy Honda days. <laughs> that does seem to be sort of like the unofficial start of the holidays is when you start seeing the the holiday car commercials. Yeah, yeah. So they they took the the Christ out of Chryslermas. Have you have you had that prepared all week? <laughs> no, it's a joke I stole from somebody else. But no, but um yeah, so I you you've heard of the the creep concept, right? I have, yeah. So there's there's Christmas creep, uh which I think everybody's heard of. Uh you're familiar with feature creep too, right? I am. Okay. So I've got a new one that I'm actually not sure is a thing. Maybe I maybe I invented it, who knows. Um have you are you familiar with Star Wars creep? I wasn't until you put it in the thing. Okay. So you can tell me if I'm wrong about this. And again, I will come out. I'm not a Star Wars hater or anything. I've You convinced me to watch one of the movies. I didn't care for it. But if like other people like it, that's that's cool. Sci-fi is not my thing. Um, But it just feels like, you know, kind of like now it feels like literally there's an election coming every other day. Mm-hmm. Or like it's just like the, the race for 2020 even though it's only been like 11 months. Um, yeah, it seems like there's literally always a Star Wars movie lurking behind every corner now. And am I imagining that? Or is there literally a Star Wars movie every nine months? It's not quite every nine months, but Disney's strategy has been a new Star Wars movie every year, every calendar year. And that's that's what they've stuck to since The Force Awakens came out in 2015. And just this week, they announced a new trilogy that they're going to be working on, which is not going to be part of the main storyline, but it's going to be kind of a secondary storyline. And when you put that on top of these kind of standalone side movies that they've been doing, and presumably a follow-up trilogy to the main trilogy, which is currently ongoing, yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Star Wars movies out there. And I would not be surprised at all if by say 2019 2020 we get into a mode where there are two star wars movies a year similar to pixar how for years and years they had uh, one whoa, movie whoa, whoa, whoa. one movie a year and now okay. they've they've sort of gone to to two okay um geez okay so also a disney property we'll, we'll talk about uh, okay how it feels like when they started doing the uh the prequels like when when they had the one with the little kid in, in the in the thing that nobody liked yeah jar jar binks yeah and they had the the kid in in the in the sports in the in the the racing car the the pod racer anakin skywalker yep yes it seemed like between that movie then the one then the second one and then <laughs> the third one wasn't it like four or five years between all of those new-ish movies i think that's about right i think the phantom menace was 1999 and then the clone wars or attack of the clones rather was 2002 or 2003 and then i think revenge of the sith was 2006 that seems appropriate like i i guess it does and Disney owns there's two types of comic books. There's Marvel and there's another one, right? D- DC. Okay. Does Disney own both or just one? Just one. Okay. Like is there not like a fatigue that sets in with the audience or is the like there's such pent up demand for Star Warsy stuff that like there is no limit to how many Star War there can be? 
So I think movies, I would put TV shows into this category too, but that's not what we're, we're really talking about here. So I guess we can just stick with movies. I think movies really are judged not on their quantity, but their quality. I think there's a lot of room for trilogies and series or sagas, whatever, where the quality is really high. And I like Marvel, which you bring up, I think is a really good example where I'm sure there are some people who are tired of Marvel, but the the one and only way that that has been able to happen, that being there have just been a billion of those movies, is because by and large, they've been really, really good and sort of universally liked. And that's, you know, it's a smaller sample size, but Star Wars has been the same way so far, where The Force Awakens, which is the first movie in this new trilogy, was really well received. Rogue One, which was their first standalone movie last year, was just as well, if not better, received. And early indications are that The Last Jedi, which is this year's movie, which is the second in this new trilogy, is going to be really, really good. So I think the quality matters more than just the the number that gets put out there. You you compare that to, I guess, on the flip side, Universal tried to launch, they called it their Dark Universe, and this was going to be a series of monster movies that were sort of loosely connected in a kind of similar way that all the Marvel movies are. And they canceled that concept after, I think, The Mummy, which came out over the summer, was the first movie, either the first or the second movie in that uh, initiative. And then that initiative got scrapped because The Mummy was terrible. Okay. That makes... Hmm. So you... Like, I guess maybe put it put a different way. I think if these Star Wars movies continue to come out every year or maybe twice a year, and if the quality of them starts to go down, I, I, I do think you'll see people's appetite for them run out really fast. But I think if they stay good like they have so far, then, you know, I, I think people will will go along for the ride, as you would say, for, well, so, for a so while. Let me ask this slightly differently. So is the, so George Lucas, he's he's no longer involved, right? Correct. And people feel like that he was a visionary for like the first four movies and that he kind of kind of ruined it with the other three because he had maybe too much control, right? Well, <laughs> there were there were only three in the first trilogy because, you know, a trilogy is three, not four. Well, no, well, aren't there seven movies? Um, I thought there were three prequels and then there were seven movies, right? Well, there are there are seven movies in the main storyline currently, but The Force Awakens was oh, not. Oh, that was the seventh. That was Disney's first movie. But that was the seventh movie. Correct. Got it. Because there, okay. there, were, there were two trilogies before. Got it. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, he had too much control. And that's – so, who is – like, the, is there somebody who has, like, that type of vision? Like, pretend it's old George. Like, to steward this franchise forward? Or, like, how does Disney keep con- quality control? Because it seems like Disney, like – Again, they're a public company. They're expected to just keep printing money and things don't ever – you don't like slow down the the, the train because you think quality might be slipping. Does that make sense? It does. Um, I don't think that there's a single person who has quite the authority that Lucas had previously. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy, who's a producer with Disney, I think has a, a really big part in the overall direction of Star Wars, 
um, you know, J.J. Abrams, who directed The Force Awakens, he's going to be coming back and directing um, Episode Nine, which is not this year's movie, but the the next movie in the trilogy, which will presumably come out in 2019. Um, Rian Johnson, who's this year's director for the for The Last Jedi, he's the one who's going to be the writer and I think maybe producer and director as well of this kind of offshoot trilogy that they just announced. So there are there are a handful of people who have a lot of say and a lot of authority, but I don't think there's just, you know, one person like there was with Lucas. Got it. And I think, I don't know, I guess the, another way to answer your question too is, I, I think that's sort of Disney's specialty is they really, really, really care about their intellectual property. And they, I mean, they're, they're, they're by no means perfect, but I think if you compare Disney to just about any other major studio, they arguably do the best job with ensuring that their characters and their property are used, you know, in, in a good way. I, uh, to wrap it up, I mean, I, I agree, but I, I, I don't think they've ever had a stretch where they've reused characters that frequently, right? Like, I mean, Pixar is, is getting into that thing where people think, are they just like a remake machine now? Whereas I don't really think Disney has ever had, like, other than like the 1930s where everything was literally a Mickey Mouse drawing. Like, they generally don't have something where it's the same set of characters, or at least it evolves year over year. And it just keeps coming out year after year at a relentless pace. Well, but I think that's one of the pieces of Star Wars, right? Is, you know, The Force Awakens, which came out two years ago, and then Rogue One, which came out last year, were two very, very different movies with, well, I mean, with very minor overlapping of characters. And while they were in the same universe, they they really had very little to do with each other. And then... Like next year's Star Wars movie is a standalone Han Solo movie, which is also going to have very little to do with this kind of main trilogy. And then, like I've mentioned a couple of times, this new trilogy that they just announced is going to be a complete separate story that they've said is going to have all new original characters and take place in original locations. So it's it's not just the same thing year after year. I mean, it's it's the same universe and similar concepts, but it's it's not it's not just the same thing over and over. Okay. All right. That's good perspective. All right. So uh, follow up. Uh, I've got a couple of links. Do you have anything? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. So I have a couple, a few things that are tangentially related and are not like directly related to last uh, last week. So that might be follow up, like sideways follow up. I don't know. <laughs> um. So you <laughs> this. Uh, I checked in off for my usual ten minutes on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, apparently, Sean Hannity's viewers are smashing uh, Keurigs in protest. And they're not mad about coffee DRM. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I saw a headline about something around that and just decided that there were better uses of my time. So allegedly, I think they pulled ads from his show. And therefore, um, people uh, think the way to protest that is uh, destroying money they've already spent. Um, I, I would say that we will link to that in the notes, but we're not going. We're not going to. Oh, man. All right. Um, uh, fun follow up then. Uh, actually, well, this, this is a good follow-up. This might be actually a little mini-topic. Uh, Taylor Swift has a new album, and it came out on Friday, I believe. Um, and we've covered this at length as to, like, you are super on board and endorsing of the streaming business model, and you think anybody who doesn't get on board is is, uh, is, uh, is living in the past. 
Uh, but Taylor Swift's new album, Reputation, is only available for purchase on actual physical media or on iTunes on like a pay-by-track basis or with some kind of funky partnership with uh, whoever runs iHeartRadio. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think I've made this point when you when you're an artist as big as she is, you've you know, you've earned the right to sort of do what you want to do. But I guess the point that I've always made is that it, that strategy only works for artists like Taylor Swift, not, you know, your kind of average working band. Your average working band can't get away with choosing to only be on, you know, certain streaming services for them. It's much better to be kind of available everywhere i think could sugar ray get away with it if they did like a, reun <laughs> a reunion album i i, I think or they did they ever break up i don't know no i, I they're um they they did a they did a concert up here with a couple of other 90s bands a few years back so not, i think they're still around um yeah they they, they could probably get away with it too i'd, I'd, I'd put them in the in the same uh same level as as T Swift, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> their music would only be allowed to be played on an iPod Hi-Fi. That's right. Uh huh. Yeah, to yep. keep it contemporary, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's cool, actually. So I didn't think this would actually happen because I thought when she did that whole um, like her old Steve Jobsy thoughts on music thing or whatever it was, and then Eddie Q folded. Like I thought she was kind of like okay, like I've I've found a way to like scheme higher royalties or um, like I'm on board with streaming for the most part. But yeah, I like I totally didn't think this would be the case this time. I don't know, but yeah, but that no, was totally right. Like her, Adele, and who else these days can get away with it? Drake. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm I I mean, yeah, 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 I, yeah. <laughs> Just moving on, but yeah, okay, yeah. Um. Well, maybe you know, maybe she's changed much in the way that this new album is. <laughs> Quite have a bit different. Oh, have you listened to it? I have. Yeah. How so? Or how? What, through what means? Uh, we we were down. We were down in um, San Diego over the weekend uh, visiting some friends, and I I think they had. Um, I think they had purchased it. Got it. All right. So we had it. Uh, we had it. We had a little bit long, longer car ride on Saturday, and um, had it. Uh, had it playing. Nice. Um. Well, good. Cool. And it, it it's 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 so so. Yeah, the 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 two songs that were released in advance, uh, not necessarily my cup of tea. The "Look What You Made Me Do," I I enjoy thirty three percent of that song, and if I listen, to, if I catch the right parts, I enjoy it. But otherwise, I don't. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's I feel similarly. Yeah. Uh, all right, two other quick follow up items, and then we'll get into main business. Um, uh, TV follow up. Uh, again, I apologize sincerely because the more I, I, I watched the TV that I recommended to you and endorsed, uh, the more I hate it. So I very much apologize for endorsing a bad TV. Please accept my, my apologies. Yeah, I'll, I'll forgive you eventually. And here's the thing. I don't think there's a better LCD. Well, I'm sure there's one that's maybe a little bit better. It, I just think that, I don't know. I like, it's just, it, oh, well, like back when, like a year ago. The OLEDs were still not ready for prime time, and this one probably still isn't due to cost and potential burn-in. But like, I, I still feel bad, and I hate this TV because it's got backlight bleed, and it the the blacks are gray, and it's it's, it's not good. I'm I, I'm sure this isn't actually true. It, may, it might be, but I it shouldn't be. But I still kind of feel like the Samsung TV that I had bought five six years ago that this one replaced. 
was a better TV. Like I feel like the color. I know, I know that you don't like sort of the brighter colors that some of the older mm-hmm. LEDs had. I do personally. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a better TV. Like my my biggest issue with this TV that we have is the colors are just super washed out. Like nothing. I disagree. Hmm. I think the Apple TV, the 4K Apple TV, will, like we can. I think we discussed that at length. People can refer to a couple episodes back, but. For some reason, the weird, whatever the HDR, like any of it, the 4K Apple TV looks weird and washed out and like what it's like, it's in the wrong color space. But overall, I don't think, no, I think the colors are fine. I think, I don't know, maybe we, maybe we have a fundamental difference just because you actually bought what I think was supposed to be one of the best like last plasmas that ever got released and you didn't like it. Right. So who knows? Yeah. And this is, you know, I think we partially bring this up in part because so friends of the show, Troy and Jacqueline, who I, I mentioned earlier, who we went down and visited this last weekend, they it was kind of fun. They actually had just bought um, an LG OLED TV on Friday, like the afternoon before we got there and didn't didn't tell me about it until we till we got till we got to this. So it was almost like a surprise for me, too. And they, they had <laughs> had it because they knew how excited I would be. Um, see, these are these are good friends, um, uh, and they, they hadn't even, for like four other reasons, right? They they hadn't even taken it out of the box yet, and and so we um we got to unbox it right when we got to their house, Sorry, and Alexa is doing something. I don't know. <laughs> Alexa, stop. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not we're not gonna cut that out. We're gonna we're gonna leave that in. I don't know what she thought I said, but it started playing music, and I, I apologize. I've gotten in a pretty good habit of muting mine before we start. Again, mine looks on the stump, and it's far away. <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> okay, so they they surprised you with it with the TV box. Yeah, um, and so was, we, it, was we, it set up, or <laughs> they let you unbox it? No, we we unboxed it. <laughs> That's so sweet. I know. I I thought it was too. Um, well, what and, were you more excited to see, the dog or the TV? Well, the the dog, but the TV was a close second. Good, um, good friends of the pod. Yeah, very good friends of the pod. Mm. Um, yeah, they they have the uh, they got the OLED, the LG. It's like it's not the C seven. They got like the B seven. Uh, uh, I think but there's they, just the C seven and the E seven, and the other one is just it has well, a larger border. Oh, oh there you know is what? B seven. Yeah, it, it's it was a B seven. I'm pretty sure. Um, but they got they got the the 65 inch version. Mm. Um, it was a big fancy house. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not the, the first person to, to come up with this, but man, OLEDs look really, really good. <laughs> um, I mean, it, there was, there's a, um, cause you know, it runs a web OS and there's a, Adobe app that comes pre-installed as part of that. Oh, and doesn't which, it just do some like crazy like test stuff where it's just like it's like here's how badass this TV is even without any content? Yeah, so it so that the TV has um Dolby Vision, which is sort of their HDR10 implementation. And it also has Dolby Atmos built into it. So I, I the, like the the other thing that really surprised me is that the the built-in speakers on that TV are really freaking good. And so it's doing some type of like Dolby Atmos simulation using the TV's built-in speakers, which, you know, it's it's not going to fool anybody for being surround sound, but it sounds pretty good. Yeah. And yeah, so there's just a bunch of like two to five minute demos that have 
Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos enabled. And yeah, that's pretty good. So when are, when are you going to fix this? Well, so here's what we were talking about, which mm-hmm. I, th- I think it, it kills me to say this, but I think is, is just being part of a you know responsible adult like we are now. Buying a second primary TV while being in the same home over the course of a year, even for a tech nerd like me, seems really, really frivolous. I don't think so, though, because your eyes are only going to be this young to perceive this black levels of this clarity <laughs> for so long. So, wh- yeah, no, I, I agree. You're right. And also, do you want me to tell you something that will maybe prevent you from ever pulling the trigger? Sure. You have yours wall mounted, right? Yes. Do, did they? N- well, I mean, no. I mean, they we literally just or took it they, out. they weren't planning to. They, they they are eventually, yeah, but not imminently. So, as far as I can tell, the wall mounting like visa mount on it is like located really strangely at like the bottom third of the TV. So you'd have to do you'd have to literally remount mm, your TV the entirely. Height. Well, that's yeah, that's that's right because the way those LG TVs are, and I've I've seen them before, so I I knew this was going to be the case with theirs. Is the panel itself is like ridiculously thin. I mean, yeah. probably, I I mean an eighth of an inch. You know, maybe eh, maybe may, may a quarter of an inch. Maybe yeah. I mean it's 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 really pretty gosh thin. impressive. Yeah. So like, I mean, like literally, there's there's just not enough room for Visa mounted screws. And but then there's a there's a bigger section on the bottom of the TV, the bottom third, as you were saying, that's got all the ports and everything. And yeah, that that's where the where the visa mounting is. Yeah. Uh, and then the last bit of uh, TV follow up. I sent you a link to something, and you, you, you I what you put in the notes? You put Samsung makes a really dumb TV. I thought <laughs> again the display technology again because we're like so dissatisfied with this current TV, but I think this is kind of cool. Like, I thought it was kind of neat for somebody who wants to maybe have a living room where the TV is not the focus of the room. I thought it was kind of neat. So so it's called Samsung, quote unquote, the frame, 4K Ultra HD LED smart TV. Um, And it like the whole thing is like it has ambient light sensors and stuff where you can mount it on a wall. The frame around the TV is very it kind of looks like a picture frame and it comes in like five different finishes and you can either load up your own photography or art on it or use Samsung's uh, collections. Um, but it's just, it's supposed to look like a TV that doesn't look like a TV. And I thought this was actually kind of neat. Yeah, but look, I mean, the, the promotional video on this website, it's a bunch of mansions where the TVs are not only wall mounted, but wall mounted in such a way where there are literally no cables visible, like not even one of those little plastic cable organizers, which I, which I think you have just like I do. Yeah. Well, no, so two, two things with that. So most people who own their own home and live in Cincinnati or what was the thing? It was Cleveland. Cleveland is where you can <laughs> you get a mansion instead of a shoebox. Um, you'll put that thing in the show notes. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll put that in there. You like it, people run cables to the wall. So that's not a big deal. But also this TV uses um, a technology that our TV doesn't have. Where Samsung has this one thing where it just, uh, like all of their new high-end TVs have it, where there's just one funky proprietary cable that runs to the TV that just breaks out into all the other ports, including power, which I actually think is not bad. I mean, I I think that's actually an interesting approach to a design problem. 
So at most you have one cable. And I mean, if you're going to, if you're buying this kind of TV and you care this much about the appearance, appearance, it's not that hard to run a cable through the wall, but it's just a single cable. Yeah. Okay. I mean, fine. But anyway, I think, I think it's kind of interesting, but um, I mean, it, it's, it's not OLED. So anyway. Yeah. But and it's, it's like, it's priced as if it were an OLED. And it's not. Uh, no, but it definitely is at least like a third to maybe have uh, 50% more than any sensible TV of that size and quality, probably. That's not OLED. I think, I don't know. I mean, isn't, I think that's right, right? If it's, well, it was, it was 2000 here, for a 55 inch, I believe. It's, it's 2800 for a 65 inch, well, which yeah. I think is. Oh, which is actually penny for penny the same price as the C7. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but 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 art. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, but think but but think about think about how good these pictures would look on an OLED TV. Yeah, I'd much rather just watch Planet Earth. Uh, yeah, with with amazing black levels. Mm-hmm. All right, and the last bit of follow up, uh, Uber. Um, they they got a. This was already an appeal, right? Like in the UK. They lost their appeal where uh, all drivers are now considered employees, or at least for them to continue operating, that's how it needs to go. Right. Yeah. Challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think that's it for follow-up. All right. Time for a sponsor break. Uh-huh. Okay. Blue Apron's at $3 a share. Oh, man. Really? I haven't, I haven't looked. Yeah, I was looking at that when I looked at the other thing we were talking about. Um, yikes. I feel bad for Blue Apron, kind of. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, have you... I, I assume you've tried Blue Apron. Have you tried any of the their competitors? Because there's no. like eight of these things. Or there's like, probably there's like 50 of them. But there's like six or eight big ones. Right. I don't know. It just seems it seems like a tough market. And again, when Amazon already has the infrastructure where it's probably not that hard for them to flip a switch and do the same thing you're doing, that's probably probably challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Main topics? Let's do it. Okay. Um so I need you to talk me out of getting something. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're we're gonna talk about photography again and people can skip ahead eighteen minutes if they wanna get rid of all this stuff. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. We okay. I I know where you're going here. Yeah. So we talked about this like two months ago, where I I still enjoy photography as a hobby, and I think it's a fun experiment. And you are, well, I don't think you're arguing against it. I just think no. that you said that for your use when you try to DSLR again, wasn't really different enough, or you found it just maybe to be too tedious. Is that a decent summary? Yeah, I I, I don't know if tedious is like the right word, but but yeah. 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 So, and and I and I totally understand and appreciate that opinion. For me, because it's something I enjoy, and like maybe making something that's maybe that extra twenty percent better or fifty percent better than a smartphone photo, like that's that's a fun pursuit for me. So, like, I mean, I'm I'm beyond that in the sense where like that that fussiness or that um extra bit of like manual like labor is is fine. Um. But I've had an issue recently, or there's been a a, uh, a storm brewing inside of me that uh, the, the, <laughs> I, I, I was going to say a bee on my bonnet, but that makes no sense. So I, I'm mixing terrible metaphors. It's, it's papers across my desk all over the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Um, but since the iPhone 10 came out, 
there's been like this second this this surge in the second wave of portrait mode uh and i've just been bombarded with examples and just like people just posting tons of portrait mode stuff and even though i think like a few weeks ago i was making my peace with portrait mode thinking it, it was kind of cool i think i'm back to hating it again <laughs> because if you could because i don't know i don't know if the camera layout is different on the iphone 10 or something happened in ios 11 it seems way more fake than it used to be or maybe it's just like it's portrait mode fatigue i don't i don't know what it is but it's way easier to tell that all the depth effect is fake and it's just and the fact that it <laughs> making these weird overly blurred out photos is so effortless it it just it it grinds my gears and I don't know what to do about it. I don't think um I don't think anything's really fundamentally changed with the iPhone 10 or iOS 11. I mean, Apple's position's been that it's it's gotten better. I but I I think the story's the same where it just it just really really varies from picture to picture. So, I mean, maybe you've just had a run where you've seen a a handful of examples that where it, you know, it, it didn't come out so well. Or maybe just where it's coming out exactly how it should, but that literally everything looks like it was shot with a 50 millimeter lens at 1.8 aperture. Which, yeah, right. Which which is a fine like design. Which is a it's a very tempting design decision. And like I mean, trust me, like I I love my prime lens, and and, and it's 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 a good ease. Like it's almost impossible to take bad photos with it. But like it, it it's challenging for me, and the reason I bring this up and maybe what i want you to talk me out of is um this slipped under the radar for me and i only found out about it uh, a couple of days ago that sony um is releasing the new version of their uh professional level a7r series camera called the a7r3 and uh this is the new version of the camera that i uh rented for a trip i took a couple months ago and it addresses almost every problem that I had with the old camera and um, adds a lot of new features that I would actually want. So my thought is that I sit out the iPhone X in, it just entirely, which I was already kind of planning to do, but that I would treat this like as a new project and that this is a purchase that is in, in, in an investment that is not um, like buying like a a harp, uh, or like or like some like a church organ in 2017. So I I don't think I'm gonna do what you want me to do because I, I I I I think that's that's pretty sensible. I mean for for a few reasons. One is that that definitely is one of the ways <laughs> no, that this, this is the worst <laughs> that you I gave you specific instructions. I I know. I'm sorry, but you know the the people want me to be honest here. Um, yeah, definitely the, the, the camera aspect is, is one of the ways that I justify getting a new iPhone every year where it is my, for all intents and purposes, my one and only camera in, in most cases and having the, the best camera possible, you know, makes, makes a lot of sense and, you know, captures memories in, in, in a, in a way that I'll appreciate, you know, for years to come. So I think not buying the new iPhone and, and instead investing in a camera makes a lot of sense. And then the other thing too is, you know, one of the issues with my camera strategy this year was buying, you know, an, a nice camera, but not 
not a not a great camera and so the the difference between the um, sl2 which is the canon that i had bought and the iphone camera certainly is you know is meaningful but not to the point where it's worth all the extra hassle of shooting on a standalone camera as compared to the iphone whereas you know clearly with a camera like this the the difference would be sizable enough where it would make that worth your while so sorry, you're you're being. <laughs> <sighs> and presumably, this I mean, I I I would think that this camera would last you a long time. Well, so not to talk myself, like, but my my other like backup thought is that Sony cameras. So we're not going to talk about the price. Um, people can Google that if they want to, but they shouldn't. Um, based off of some, let me, let me look. I, I always forget which number you divide into what. I'm I'm bad at math. Um, the A7R2, which came out in the summer of 2015, I was looking at completed listings on eBay for what like a uh, a good condition one fetches today, and it held 70 percent of its value after two years. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think that if this is maybe a hobby that I want to pursue anymore, or I'm just like oh the the iPhone uh 10 plus one is <laughs> like it, it's just it's amazing like they somehow managed to put a a, a 1.4 aperture lens on it and the, the depth effect is no longer fake and it's amazing that like the exit like it, it's it's not like i'm gonna get hit with a sock full of nickels or something <laughs> right um i don't know and also the other thing is Okay, let me, let me. I'm just trying to rationalize my own decision, so I apologize. This is going to be a therapy session, but so the the benefits of this camera over mine would be one, it has a silent shutter. Two, it has the 42 megapixel sensor, which makes making 5K wallpapers and like 30 inch prints, uh, like you have the detail there where it's actually going to be good, which is something that my 24 megapixel camera can't do, and that's one of the things where. I know like the megapixel race and all that stuff is, is nonsense, but I'm surprised that with the quality of camera on the iPhone that it's still only 12. Is that something that you've ever thought about or it, you think 12 is fine? I mean, I, I guess I'm not really looking for 5K wallpapers or 30-inch prints, so it's it's not something I think about. And I it, it probably is something that Apple thinks a lot about, but uh, I'm sure it just comes down to... Um, because well they they did margins the, and 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 tech that just sort of make that you know the best they can do right now because i mean well i thought that because they did that whole um hgif uh like high efficiency jpeg thing where like they actually technically could store a high resolution image in the same size and they finally gotten a lot less stingy with the the storage capacities well yeah but i, guess, I think also too right their thing is it, it like their their whole push is it's it's more than just about megapixels it's it's that's a thing deep, yeah. what, deep deeper pixels and, and you know whatever whatever else they do yeah um and also the you were able to get like some really nice eight by tens out of uh your seven plus photos so i mean that that probably speaks to that being 12 megapixels is enough for everybody whatever bill gates said in 1980 <laughs> right right um so i guess so so a question for you is I guess I've always, and maybe this is just an outdated view, but I've always thought of um, Canon and Nikon as being sort of 
the go-to manufacturers for standalone cameras, primarily because of the lens ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Is Sony's availability of lenses and quality of lenses, is that on par with Nikon and, and Canon? Kind of. So here's the weird thing. That's like that's actually super interesting. Um, like Sony, they've mostly abandoned their standard DSLR business, and they've moved towards this mirrorless system where the cameras are smaller. But when you get to like this particular full frame camera that I'm looking at, it's actually not that much smaller, especially when you like add a decent lens to it. Like it's actually mostly the same size as a DSLR. But like Canon has actually not done a lot in like the past five years where Nikon in almost every other respect has outpaced them. And Sony actually does a lot of really interesting things where um, it, it's generally a much better camera, uh, especially with this one for like the like um, noise at like the higher ISOs and, and, and a lot of other things. Um, but also with this type of camera, there are many companies that make adapters where you can adapt any piece of Nikon or Canon glass to it and it'll still run fine. And the Sony uh, has uh, in-body stabilization. So regardless of whether or not the lens uh, that you have has um, OIS built into it, um, it uh, stabilizes it for you. Hmm. So they've, but that's the problem or like, is that they've solved pretty much every, every objection that you could have or a reason to stay with one of the legacy brands. Like this is like, and Sony is the one that provides the the image sensors and lenses for most of the iPhones too. Right. Which is why that's the only place they're making money. Um yeah, like their cameras are really good. Hmm, okay. Yeah, no, I definitely have thought of the fact that they they provide the sensors. I think they still do for the iPhone. But yeah, I I've, I've always just associated like Nikon and Canon being kind of the only two brands to consider with this stuff but yeah i mean again maybe that's sort of an outdated view a little bit and and like canon's tried the mirrorless thing and it it just it hasn't worked out for them and they're kind of not really figured they're they just i don't think they really know what to do anymore yeah just because no, nobody's buying point and shoots and that kind of stuff and it's either maybe i guess like that's that's the whole thing here is that it's either yeah like like what you were saying where you you got you got an slr that you that was a, probably like a pretty good like maybe higher end entry level or like lower end intermediate camera where that kind of whole thing like point and shoots and also those maybe that whole thing is just kind of that product segments just kind of evaporating oh yeah i mean i think i think totally um i think you know the the the, the dilemma that i have is like my my big thing's always with kids like when when i have kids someday that's where you really, really want a good camera because, you know, I, I think back to, you know, kid photos of myself or the special lady friend and it's, it gets so cool having stuff on video and, and, and in photos. And so you really want to capture those the best you can. And so that's really like when that day comes, that's where I'm really, I think, going to have to rethink the iPhone strategy because I th- that's a situation where I'm not sure an iPhone will will be enough so and, and i so that that's a fantastic point and that actually reminded me of a good article that uh, marco arment wrote about this because he actually had the old version of this camera for a while and he makes a really good point related to that whereas uh, at the very bottom he says uh 
Uh, but the reason I buy good cameras like this is to let a regular person like me capture everyday life for myself and my family as best I possibly can. So when I screw up the exposure, uh, I can send my grandparents uh, a picture of their great grandson rather than regretting having missed the shot. Just because like this one, no matter how bad, like there's so much um, stuff that you're capturing with one of a nicer camera uh, that it's it's almost always salvageable in post. So I think, no, that's a fantastic point. One, either when, when you get a dog or when, uh, once you have a couple of uh, little Ryans, um, <laughs> um, that, like that, that actually, I think that speaks to both use cases. I think it justifies the need for a fancy camera and also um, exacerbates the importance of a really good smartphone camera. Right. Well, and I think, yeah, the the, the thing when that day comes is exactly what we've been talking about which is it's not going to make sense to just go out and buy like another sl2 like you really like i'm gonna want something i i don't know if i'm gonna want something well i mean i would want something like this but i i i don't know if yeah i don't know this is this is at the high high end but but i think that's that's kind of the right way to think about it yeah this is okay it's it's not it's it's um photography i think is a really cool hobby i think the the value that it will hold also is a really important point i honestly i mean with with the iphone this has become not really an issue with the iphone upgrade program but certainly with certainly with the ipad and the apple watch the one and only reason that I'm able to upgrade as often as I do with those devices is because they hold their resale value so well. And I'm able to then, when I buy the new version, I'm able to sell my older version at a surprisingly good price. Mm-hmm. And it, again, if, if that if that weren't the case, it, it would be much, much harder to justify upgrading as much as I do. Yeah, like if you were saying that you were spending uh, eight uh, eight hundred to a thousand dollars every single year to have the latest iPhone, like that would, I mean, you'd probably still do it due to its importance. But the fact that you can usually get maybe forty five to sixty percent of what you paid on the old one is a really uh, compelling reason to keep doing that. Uh huh. So I think for you, at that... the worst, this is a one year thousand dollar waste. I think. Well, so I think though the other thing that we haven't we we've gotten into it. But but not from a price standpoint, which is the lens piece, because that's 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 what's tough too. Is like to really get a lot out of these cameras, you also obviously want really nice lenses, plural. And I mean that that can rapidly <laughs> double the the cost of what you're getting yourself into. And then let's let's also say that the, the lenses I have uh, now, because this is a full frame camera, my current one is what's called an APS-C camera, which is similar in a lot of ways, but it's a crop sensor where to make the camera smaller, the lenses are smaller. So while they're technically compatible with the new camera, um, the full frame A7R three would run, uh, like the max resolution would be like 26 megapixels because it has to use a smaller area of the sensor to match the lens, which means I would have to sell my current lenses and rebuy. Hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, but the lenses I have, I like, I don't own any that I don't own any thousand dollar lenses. I own a few nice ones, but like there, it's not that much. So I, I've considered that. Yeah. I, you're right. Um, 
But I guess the same would hold true where I, I bet those lenses probably hold their value pretty well too. Yeah. And all right, thanks for know, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alright. No, I think it's I think it's it's sensible. And you I mean you <laughs> I think that's a stretch, but you you've you've reinforced it as not as outlandish as it could be. No, I I don't I don't think so. And you're you're someone who like this isn't something that you just that you just decided you were interested in yesterday. I mean you've you've been into photography for pretty much as long as I've known you. So this isn't some, you know, off the cuff thing. Yeah. All right. Um let's move on. So thank you. Uh, I have to figure out. I, damn it. I, I probably got to pre-order this. Because the problem is I don't know if, if I do a pre-order right now if I'm moving to get it for a while. Yeah. When does it, the, I, I, this article that this Engadget article that we'll put in the notes, it, it doesn't say when this is coming out, does it? Um. So it sent you a link. So BNH is probably where I'd get it due to the obvious reason that's in the top right corner. Um, <laughs> leave, it, leave it unsaid. Um is that it's 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 sony's releasing it on like i think november 30th or something but like this is like the iphone 10 of cameras i guess like it's really uh it's been uh rumored for a while and it's very it's been highly anticipated number so one, number one seller on all of b and h is that what that's indicating i think in terms of mirrorless cameras probably wow yeah because like the thing is like yeah the, sony doesn't release cameras that often in this segment and that's the one thing is it's nice to know it won't be obviated immediately but um yeah i don't know how far in the back of the line i would be if i'd even get it this year so you and you would just do the just the body only and get lenses separate well yeah just because like if i were to do this since it's actually a sizable investment because i've already uh, i rented the like the one they suggest with it the 2470 which is a 2200 lens um I've had that lens before, and it was it was it was very very heavy. It was a fantastic lens, but I don't know. We'll see. So I might do the same thing where I use Lumoid or LensRental.com to kind of maybe take out five at a time, and then really make sure I love the ones I get. Yeah, right. But yeah, uh, so who knows if I'll get it this year? But we'll see. Um, all right. So let's move on. Thank you for thank you for reinforcing the decision, but also no, thank you for not helping me. Well, I think I guess maybe this the last the last point just to really not be helpful here is like, I actually think that the OLED discussion and this discussion happening back to back is sort of a good thing in that it highlights what I think is most important here, which is when you spend money on stuff like this, where you are, you are actually getting like a, I don't know what, what's the right word here. Like you really are getting value out of it in the sense that there, there's a lot of value in capturing moments and memories Whereas, you know, I mean, sure, I mean, you can you can have memories around a TV, but like whether you're watching a movie with the family on an LED or an OLED is not really going to change the memory so that the OLED TV thing is just it's it's a much more. I don't know you just you're not getting the same type of the durability of the durability of like of what you're creating or the benefit that you're getting lasts a lot longer than you would just yeah better picture quality yeah exactly although well technically it's better photo quality <laughs> no but i know you're you're right because once we have our uh, I got my imac 8k in 2023 mm -hmm. i'll be very happy that i'm looking at 42 megapixel photos right yeah, yeah uh and then the big highlight sorry if the only re the why this is totally worth the cost of mission uh it, it can it still doesn't have gps on it because apparently nobody builds that into their cameras anymore because it's a gigantic gps waste 
uh, it does pair to your uh, smartphone over Bluetooth, and it'll embed uh, GPS coordinates based off your smartphone, which so few cameras do, but this would. I don't know if my Canon supported that or not. The, the the that Canon app was so bad that I never wanted to <laughs> I never wanted to really play with it much. So yeah. I want to hate the Sony Play Memories app because it has a really dumb name, but it's actually really good. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. But it seems like a feature that everything should have, but nothing has it. Yeah. All right. Uh this kind of piggybacks so changing subjects. Um this piggybacks off of something that came on upgrade today. Uh, can we talk a little bit about like some new features that are coming in iOS 11 and some stuff that's been trickling in? Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, I don't know the official name of the feature, but Apple Pay Inside Messages? <laughs> that, that's not like, the what name. Is it actually, but I, what is it actually called? Um, gosh, it's, yeah. It's well, mostly called Apple Pay, but they have to distinguish it somehow. So... Well, and Mike brought this up on Upgrade, where he, like just the moniker Apple Pay now is starting to mean like multiple things, so it is confusing. So it's it's, uh, called, it's called Apple, Apple Pay, Pay Cash. Cash, yeah, right. So, so one, what do you think of it? And two, well, I'll let you say that, and then I'll bring up my three follow up questions. I I don't need another way to pay people. I there's like there's already probably five different apps that my group of friends and family uses and they all have their different preferences and so i'm paying people in all these different ways i don't need i don't need one more way to do that other than paypal square cash and venmo what are the other ones google wallet uh, does that still can... exist i'm not even i'm not being yeah. facetious no it totally does here i hold on i have to shimmy my, i have to shimmy my iphone to to get face id to work behind my microphone here do you have a um, folder just called Ways I Give People Money? Basically. So, well, so there, there's also the, you can just do it through your bank. So Bank of America and Chase support that now. Oh, that Zelle thing or whatever. Right. So then, yeah, Venmo, Square Cash, PayPal, Google Wallet. Um, I guess those, yeah, I guess those are the ones that I'm, that I'm actively using. And can we jump to the, the conclusion that only cool people use Square Cash? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. That's that's right. So yeah, I just I just don't I don't need another way to to like this is a this is a solved problem in my book. So and and maybe you can ask, answer a couple questions for me. Is this a platform specific thing? Like, can you literally only send money to people who have iPhones or iPads? I believe so, but I I don't know for sure. So why? Because I I don't use iMessage apps. But Square Cash has one, right? That's so that I've I've been sort of meaning to to look into this because the conversation on upgrades centered a lot around the ease of being able to just handle payments right within the messages app, which is a big selling point of Apple Pay Cash. But yeah, I think with iMessage apps, like I I think Venmo and Square Cash both have iMessage apps where you can basically do the same thing i think i I've, I've never played around with that though hmm. i don't like that yeah this this just seems weird where like i mean they they and again not to make this just like one of those amc shows about upgrade but like it i apple might want to hold on to your money like maybe that's a good business move like where they just like hope they can just like gain interest i don't think apple cares like i don't think they're gonna make an entire feature just to hopefully 
make 2% off of whatever cash and reserves they have based on people's like Apple pay balances. But like, what is their motivation for this? Cause I, this seems like the worst form or maybe like what would be the least successful form of like vendor lock-in? Like who wants to say, oh, I'm going to stick with an iPhone just because I have like $40 in my Apple pay wallet. Like, I just don't get why this would need to be part of like an OS feature. Like this seems like Apple pay and like Apple kind of becoming a middleman in like that type of transaction. And the fact that they reduced a ton of friction in contactless payments and did a lot of good there, that makes sense. But for this, I, I just don't like, you're right. It's, it's a solved problem. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't see it. And I, I, again, there's probably something about, I'm just lacking perspective. And I just, because maybe most people don't use square cash, like that's not a thing. I'm just missing something that makes this a compelling feature or something that explains why Apple needs to do this. I I, th- I, mean, I, th- I think everything you said is exactly right, where the contactless payment side of Apple Pay made a ton of sense because that was by no means a solved problem. And their their implementation of contactless payments really is sort of the first one that's gone truly mainstream and for the most part's been implemented really, really well. And I, you know, we're we're pretty careful on the show, I think, to try to not just get caught up in the T word bubble and sort of think about things more broadly. But I think even looking at it in that way, electronic payments between friends and family, like I I think especially Venmo, I mean, I know a lot of people, many, many of which are not tech savvy in any way who are super plugged into Venmo. So I think that electronic payments, even for non-techie people, is largely a solved problem, which further makes me confused about why Apple feels the need to to get in here. Do you think Apple lends any credibility? Like, do you think there's a credibility problem? Do you think Apple solves any of that? Or do you think Square... Because Venmo, I think there's probably, unless you're a millennial or like a young person, that there's probably a little bit of a trust issue because they don't understand that it's owned by PayPal or people have their misgivings about PayPal. Do you think it being backed by Apple gives it any like a, a credibility boost or like a like a ten extra yards down the field? Probably for some, but how many? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like it's it's fine that it's there. I just I'm not going to feel compelled to use it in any way. Yeah. Okay, we're on the same page about this. Yeah. The biggest thing for me is just like the the fact that this is platform specific just seems weird. Like I don't want to have to think like it's like the blue bubble versus green bubble thing. I don't want to think like because then if you have to start being like, oh, I need to use Square Cash because this person's on Android, like, or like this person I can't send money to easily, so I need to like peer pressure them into getting an iPhone. Like, I, I just don't see that happening. I just see that being like a super annoying part of this feature. Well, and, then, and that's kind of what I was saying up front, which is having multiple ways to pay people like this is a huge pain in the ass. Like, it would it'd be easier if there was just like one standard that everybody followed, but it managing multiple apps is it's it's yeah it's a, it's a huge hassle which is just having now one more with apple pay cash it's just like no i don't have any interest in that 
You know what solved this? What's that? Uh, Bitcoin and the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've tried looking into it. I still, I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't either. I, I mean, yeah. All right. That's that's be a bad soundbite in ten years. <laughs> the U.S. dollar doesn't exist. All right. Um, I message in the cloud. Is there any update on when that's coming out, or if that's even going to be? Because we're already basically on iOS eleven point two. Like the betas are being seeded for that, and I haven't heard a word about it. Yeah, I presume it's something that Apple could kind of just flip a switch on in the background. So the fact that it's not immediately obvious in 11.2 now doesn't mean it's not going to be part of it, but yeah, I it's it it's hard to say. I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things that Apple obviously doesn't want to screw up. I mean, it's almost oh, like you know, I, I consider my message history probably one of the most valuable things on my iPhone. So, yeah, it, it, I just I presume that they're just being extra cautious with that. Good. Yeah. Still, still the one thing I'm, I'm super. If that was only available on the iPhone 10, that would cause me to update immediately. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you get the thing where you haven't turned on your Mac in, in like six hours and you just log in and then you just hear like all these duplicate dings and you're like, well, what is even going on? Well, totally. And just like when you delete a thread, it doesn't delete across all your devices. Ugh. Like, it, it, or yeah, just randomly, like a chunk of a conversation just won't be there because your Mac was asleep for too long, I guess. And it just was like, nah, I'm not going to relay these. Screw it. I, I'm I'm sure there's a soundbite on the show from a couple of years ago when Apple started making iMessage um cross device with like i think specifically on the mac where i i said something along the lines of i was really confused why iMessage basically wasn't just like an imap view into some server that kept everything in sync because that's clearly from day one that's not like it basically works more like a push server which makes sense just because i think maybe back when that was released like icloud wasn't as I don't want to say it's. I mean, it's it is pretty rock solid. Like it, it, in a lot of ways, it's maybe too much for my taste of like an Apple black box. But in terms of, uh, like it, it, it iCloud's pretty damn solid. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. Like it, it does make sense that it would be that way. But also, like eh, they they tried like the whole cloud kit thing for a while. Um, and I remember like a few developers like always saying that it was kind of a it was kind of a mess and it wasn't as reliable as it needed to be. So maybe it just took time. Um, iCloud has been getting better though. You, if if you haven't checked in a while, you'll notice that um, uh, your health data and uh, other stuff—I forget what the other thing is. Um, oh, and your uh, your Apple HomeKit stuff. If you have anything that actually works with HomeKit, that now gets synced as part of iCloud, which is kind of nice. Which I, I guess is probably a benefit of iCloud backups being all encrypted now, right? Uh, yes. Right. Yeah. All right, and then the last bit of iOS stuff is something that may have been there all along, and I'll send you a screenshot real quick, but maybe you can tell me. Have you do you ever go into the Apple Watch app much? Not not really, no. So apparently, and I think I could have sworn on iOS 11 or like with WatchOS 4 I tried this and it didn't actually work. Because inside the Watch app there's a little thing where it's like face gallery. I did not know that you can actually customize every single part of your watch face in the app. And then it syncs over to the phone, which is much easier. You mean it syncs over to the watch? 
Yes, whatever the reverse of what I said or what makes it sound <laughs> correct. So you can um, use your phone and you can uh, you can look at all your watch faces. You can uh, design and edit your watch face in the app itself, which yeah, I, that's, I can... That's, I, been, that's been the case for a while. I, has I thought it? That was, like a, that was like a watch OS 2 or 3 thing. I don't think so. Because I know you can pick the watch face on the thing, but I, like, I swear I could... I tried many times to edit the watch face and the complications and you couldn't but maybe i'm i, I, I it's highly it's, likely i'm very wrong it's definitely at least a year because it's it's not a ios 11 or watch os 4 thing okay it's well been, it's been around at least one version before that all right well brief uh pro tip slash uh, chef special <laughs> um yes you could do that now right and also Highly endorse turning off the multicolor stuff on the uh, modular watch face. Yeah, I, di- I disagree. I like I like the the multicolor look. Multi pad lifestyle. Mm. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, Sorry, I've been. Oh, I, I meant to. I meant to tell you about this. I. Oh God! Wait. Um, I guess this I'm, was. I'm nervous. This was a, a Starbucks or a, a, some coffee shop. I don't know. Sorry, Starbucks, if this wasn't actually you, but there was a guy who was set up on a table and he was using both a laptop and a tablet. I didn't get a good look at what the hardware actually was. I'm not sure if it was a Windows laptop and a Surface or if it was an iPad and a Mac. Doesn't I mean it doesn't matter really. But he literally had a keyboard connected to the tablet and was like going back and forth between the two. I I just I I've never been more confused by something than I was in that moment. Like I just can't I I cannot picture simultaneously working on two devices like that. Have I already sent you this picture? Hold on. Um that 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 is insane. And again, that's how I imagine every time Mike Mike Curley talks. Um but you already saw the thing about oh my god, why is it doing this? Well, let me send me the damn picture. It it what it, it it when the the link the link works. Okay, but does it load? Yeah. So apparently Derek Jeter owns the Miami Marlins. He does, yeah. Just okay. as of as of a couple of months ago, I think. Yeah. So apparently he does business in a very sterile office with two 12 inch iPads. Mm. It's very upsetting. It's also upsetting that he he pulls off the uh, the the two button shirt look, which I I'm envious of. <laughs> and apparently he had he has like a Purell dispenser. <laughs> so right the, there's a lot going on actually. And is there a pager in the background? So you see, so yeah. So the the link. Oh, I didn't notice that the um the link that we're gonna put in the notes here is an SB Nation article that that at the top has the same picture that you sent me, and the okay. headline is Derek Jeter's office has two iPads. And a lot of hand sanitizer. I have questions, <laughs> uh, which is pretty good. So yeah, we'll, we'll put we'll put that in the notes. Oh god! So this <laughs> this is the this is the future. I fear whenever somebody says they're getting worked on an iPad, which means they have to buy two of everything, and they're still less productive than having a MacBook <sighs> with with a half broken keyboard. Yeah, like I. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Oh, it's ugh, I I just I just uh I can't. I just I just I can't. 
Also, just because I I am of the steadfast opinion, and I think I history will I will be on the right side of history over time, is that the 13 inch iPad is is legitimately a bad product, and people who use it should feel bad. <laughs> like I just think it's too close. Like I think the Pro 10.5, if working on an iPad is your thing, or like you want to use it as like a, a larger ebook reader, like by all means, great product. iOS 11 is probably better on it. But the 13 inch iPad is just so much like a keyboard or like not a keyboard, uh, like a laptop. And if you're going to use it as such, it's basically the weight of a laptop. So just get a laptop. Well, and so this, this trip I took this last weekend, it, it was a short trip, but I, I was coming straight. I, le- I left straight from my office to the airport. And so I just, I just brought my, you know, my, my MacBook with me. And like, I just, I didn't even like, I didn't even notice it was there like in my backpack the whole weekend. I mean, like that—that's the the thing I really don't get is like people who act like three point five pounds, like you're carrying a sack of potatoes. Right. It's it's like definitely there was a time where carrying a laptop around was like a significant like thing. So hold on, as a, as an idiot who was a freshman in college and bought a seventeen inch MacBook Pro, I get it. Well, yeah, and I, as a e, you know, I had an e fifteen oh five, and I had oh yeah a second battery, like one of those big batteries. <laughs> And I, I also had my AC adapter, right? Because you wanted to plug in like any moment you could. Well, this is back when, when Windows XP computers, <laughs> two and a half hours was acceptable battery life. Right, exactly. So yeah, I mean, like totally. Like I, 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 I got it back then where if you could avoid carrying your laptop around, you would do that. But I just, I just don't see what the big deal is now. And like, and I keep in mind, like I have, you know, I have the, what I guess now is like the older generation of of MacBook now, so that the new ones are even lighter. Well, you have so the I, one with the keyboard that works, so. <laughs> right? Exactly, and the and the one with you know the ports that you use. <laughs> the twice a week the SD card reader thing uh, bites me in the ass. Same thing with the HDMI port thing too. Yeah, because yeah. every HDMI dongle I've used for like presentations and stuff is an unreliable, rickety piece of junk. So there was there was a a guy a guy in my office that was telling me about this the other day, which I hadn't thought of. Which I don't know if you've run across this, but so he had he has one of the new um, MacBooks, the 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 um, the the one with the Touch Bar, the nicer one. And he was explaining that so he can hook up an external monitor using a USB C to like HDMI or DisplayPort adapter. Mm-hmm. But then the problem is the MacBook won't output to that monitor unless the unless it's also plugged into power. I don't I I didn't validate this. I wasn't sure if maybe he was I don't just think doing that's something. True. It didn't strike me as being true, but Well, but actually that might be true because here's the thing. Here's another thing about why USB-C is a mess and people should go look at uh, uh this is going to be the Marco show. Marco's article from like 2 months ago is that apparently not all of the four USB-C ports on the Mac Pro are equally powered. Or something, so it actually sometimes does matter which port you plug stuff. Well, so into. maybe maybe that was maybe that's what was happening is maybe he was plugging into one of these inferior <laughs> USB C ports. I I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I just oh uh, yeah. Although he he also did tell me that he had bought one of those five um, K displays that he has at home. Oh, the like one that a, you can't put next to a Wi Fi router. Well, they fixed that. But like that is, I mean, you know, that's that seems to be like kind of the ultimate solution if, you know, money were no object. But yeah. Anyway. All right. So let me let me get let me give you give you the floor for a while. 
Uh, you've had your iPhone 10 for two weeks. What's what's new? Oh, just a just a week, but. Well, it, no, you you well you had it. Well, you talked about it last week, so I got it last Monday. Oh, so you you gave me. Oh, so it's like Tim Cook gave you twenty four hours. I think it was worth. <laughs> hey, you're you're on the uh, first wave of the the reviewing the reviewing seeds or whatever. Well, and it's you know it's twenty seventeen where a week feels like six months. So you know it's it's hard to it's hard to keep track. Uh, um. So. Yeah, so I, I guess the, the things that maybe have evolved over the last week is I, I think Face ID is pretty good. It, it, I for the most part I don't think much about it, and it's it's fine. I don't I don't really miss Touch ID a ton. Um, I continue to be pretty underwhelmed by the display. Um, like it, like the whole thing with OLEDs where it looks kind of bluer when you're even slightly off when you're looking at it slightly off center. Like that's totally a thing. Um, and I think, you know, even with, um, true tone turned off the display when you're looking straight on at it is pretty warm. Um, like with true tone, it's, it's practically yellow to me, but with true tone off it, it's, it looks okay. But I, like in general, I'm, I'm not really impressed at all by the, the screen. Um, but then I guess then, then the other thing is the, the form factor I'm, I'm, you know, mostly, mostly used to now and sort of appreciate being able to use my phone in one hand again. Um, well, let me, let me question. Were you, and I forget about this, were you a begrudging Plus Club member? Like you did it mainly for the slight improvement in battery life and portrait mode? Or did you fully like it? No, I, I came to really, really like it. Um, and I fully expect, if the rumors are true, that we're going to get a, a bigger version of this phone next year that I would probably go back to that. So yeah, I mean it, it's overall it's like it's 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 fine, but um, any solid conclusions on battery life or still too early to tell? Seems seems pretty solid. Um, I've also I bought um, I, I don't there's not really a lot that, I thought about bringing this up as a topic, but it's it's there's not really a lot to say. I don't think I I bought the um, the wire cutters pick for um, best like Qi charger. It's like a, a twenty five dollar Samsung one. Mm-hmm. That Dan Morin had also he mentioned in the Six Color Secret subscriber podcast that he had bought it. So that I was like, oh yeah, okay. Well, it's only like because I thought I assumed all these things were like sixty bucks because the two that Apple sells are. But when Dan mentioned that he bought this like twenty five dollar one that the wire cutter recommended, I was like, oh okay. Well, maybe this isn't quite as big of an investment as I thought it was. So I, I bought one of those and just put it next to my bedside, and that's that's kind of nice. Um. It's definitely, I mean, it, it, I think Jason maybe exaggerates a little bit on how precise you have to be, but he's not. You have to make he's, sure. Yeah, he's, he's not exaggerating a lot. It, it, there definitely is a pretty small window where it goes from working to not working. So that part's not great, but it's, it's kind of it's neat. So I guess in, in summary, Face ID is fine. The screen is kind of eh, and I've gotten used to the form factor. Okay. And uh, you had a like a brief cautionary tale from earlier in the week Ugh. about two-factor authentication that you can maybe go into and maybe do a little PSA. So, well, Also, first, have you switched to Authy? 
that is on my to-do list. It's been a, it's been a hectic week, but that is absolutely on my list for this week. Um, well, there's not an Omni focus task for that yet. Maybe that's why it hasn't gotten done. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, oh man, this is shame on me as being a tech kind of guy and, and having this happen. But I, it, I, oh, this was a bad moment. So I, you know, set up my new iPhone 10 last week. And for whatever reason, just like I just wanted to be done with my old iPhone. So as soon as the iCloud backup had been done on my new iPhone 10 and I verified that everything was there and working, I just immediately wanted to wipe my old uh, iPhone 7 to just get that ready to ship back to Apple. And like literally 30 seconds into the the process of it wiping itself, I was like, oh shit, I forgot to transfer over all of my two-factor authentication um setup in uh, google authenticator because you know that that doesn't just carry over like the app itself obviously gets installed but any application you've set up you have to to you have to transfer over that ownership to the the new device and for basically all of my services i either was already logged into them on my computer and so i could just you know access my account and move over the the two-factor authentication to my new phone or i had the backup codes that they'll give you when you first set up two-factor authentication but i realized a couple of days later that the one that i didn't have was my backblaze b2 account and <laughs> what prompted me the, the way that i realized that was backblaze had sent me an email just kind of coincidentally saying hey your account has two-factor authentication turned on and you don't have any backup methods set up because they they have the ability to have you give them a phone number where if you lose your authenticator device, they can send you an SMS code, which is actually how they used to do two-factor authentication. But then over the summer, they gave this two-factor app set up as being an option. That is a really good email to send out. Yeah. Because that's something that you would obviously think of. So that's actually... Right, Smart, but also weird timing. But. Yeah, I, I know, I know. And, and and they specifically say in the email, it's in like bold red letters. If you have a two-factor authentication, if you have that set up on your account through an app, and you've lost the backup codes, and we don't have your number on file, like you don't have SMS backup uh, enabled, there's no way that we can unlock your account. Which was like literally the position that I was in because. Like I, I, I'm good about saving the backup codes when I enable two-factor authentication and literally had the backup codes for every other one of my services except for this. Like I, I don't, I don't know why. And so I like, I, I basically had like written off. I mean, fortunately there was nothing in B2 that I didn't have locally. Like everything that lives in my B2 account is just a copy of something I have locally. So it wasn't like I was in danger of losing any data it was just going to be the painful process of having to re-upload all of it. Because it's basically just like my Synology that backs up to there. But, and so I, I basically had just like written it off and was like, you know, well, shit, this is a, this is a tough learning lesson. But I, I, I messaged their customer support the next morning and it was just, you know, hey, here's what happened. Like, I fully don't expect you guys to have any solution for me. And I basically was just going to ask them, like, is there just a way that you can just like wipe my account so I can at least get the upload started again? But it turns out that I got lucky because I previously had SMS 
um, two-factor authentication turned on because again, that was the only feature they used to offer. So they did have my my phone number on file. And so they were able to use that to send me a code. So they, they did that and they sent me an email with a separate code. And by providing them with both of those, they were able to then temporarily turn off two-factor authentication on my account and allow me to set it up again. So lesson is people have a backup method or save your backup codes when you enable two-factor authentication. All right. So as usual, like three follow-up questions. Um, so I don't, I haven't used Google Authenticator in a while. How, like, are you able to have Google Authenticator on an iPhone and an iPad? They, I've, I've never tried, I guess, but I, I don't believe there's any syncing between devices. And I, and again, shame on me for just not keeping up with this stuff. I wasn't even aware that that was like something you could do. I always just thought that this authentication stuff was device specific. So the fact that something like Authy allows you to keep everything in sync across multiple devices is super cool. Okay. And um, what you don't have to compromise your security, but what is your strategy for uh, offline codes or backup codes? I have those on a, a flash drive. Where? Or like, I mean, sorry, but like just unencrypted or like just in like a, just a text file on a random flash drive or like, what do you? Yeah. I mean, I guess it, I guess it's unencrypted. Yeah. Huh. And is that the only thing that lives on it? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Huh. Well, all right then. So yeah, I mean, so I, I would wholeheartedly recommend Authy because it does. So it, it, it synchronizes through your phone and SMS authentication and then your, um, uh, two factor thing has an extra passcode on top of it. So it's, it's a good, uh, backup method and visually it's more appealing than Google authenticator. So, yeah, no, I, I, I looked into it right after this happened and was like, oh yeah, this is what I need to switch over to. So I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. And it, what's funny about this, I, I had literally gone through kind of an audit over the summer where I, I set up that flash drive and like really made sure that all my backup codes were organized and I just, this B2 thing, I guess, just, just slipped through the cracks. So I, I, I thought that I was set up for this, but, and also, I mean, just, just what, it just, it was a dumb mistake. Just not thinking about that before I reset my old iPhone. And as someone who upgrades their phone every year, you would have thought that I remember that by now, but. No, it, I mean, it happens just cause it is vague on what iCloud backs up. Cause sometimes it backs up app data and sometimes you open an app after an iCloud restore and it's just like, I've never seen you before. <laughs> right. And I, the thing is like, I don't really know how to tell which is which. So no, I think that's actually totally reasonable. Yeah. 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 Well, and oh, it's well. just, it's, and it's also like two factor authentication is just something that I don't, you don't interface with it a lot because I, it's not like I work on a bunch of new devices every day. So like, I really don't need my two factor codes all that often. So it's not something that's like top of mind, I guess. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, that's, that's how it kind of should work. Right. So, yeah. So anyway, all, all's well that ends well, but, um, close call, cl very close call. Yeah. But also, you know, another lesson as part of this, right. Is always have stuff backed up in multiple locations because again like what would have made this a billion times worse and more stressful is if i had had data in b2 that i didn't have anywhere else like at least again all all it was going to end up being was just a, a pain in the ass and maybe a 
stern warning from Comcast or something. Um, but I wouldn't have lost any data. So. Yep. Yeah. Two is one. One is none. Yeah. To, to, totally. Totally. Yep. All right. Running long. So we'll, we will jump uh, briefly. Uh, Bose is making some sheep phones <laughs> that are totally not what I thought it was because you, you, you crushed my dreams and pointed out that they're not the uh, sleep uh, optimized Bluetooth headphones I've been wishing for. So th- this actually worked out well for me because I, <laughs> I my dreams. I, <laughs> well, come on. I, I picked you up with the camera. Um, I, I could like, I, when you sent me this link, I was like, holy crap, this is exactly what I've been looking for forever. I mean, my, my sleep phones are fine, but they're they're you know they're not perfect and i i I would welcome something better to come along and i so i was like super super excited and if i was in a position to be able to i I would have probably just like pre-ordered them like right there on the spot but i was i was out of town when he sent it to me and didn't really have a chance to take a look at it but had it on my list i don't know this morning yesterday morning to to go back to that page and, and put in an order and but then you know when i when i went to do so i kind of took a closer look at the product page and yeah that's where i found out that it's it's basically just preloaded with like a bunch of sounds and that's the only thing it it does and it does have a bluetooth connection to your phone but that's only to communicate with the bose app not to um, stream audio of your choice yeah that's a huge bummer and it and here's the thing it kind of makes sense because they like it's supposed to be like mostly a white noise machine and have just enough battery to like be your alarm clock and get you through like six to 10 hours of sleep or whatever. But yeah, like, I mean, man, if they just made a pair of Bose sound sports that were like sleep optimized, like that would be amazing. Well, yeah. And that's, you know, that's what I thought thought they were. And I'm like, Oh, it comes in a cool metal case too. Awesome. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. But so let's, let's discuss the other part of this though, is why is this on Indiegogo? Bose is like a, hold on. What's Wikipedia Bose or Google Bose annual revenue? Uh, 1.5 billion dollars. <laughs> um, why? Uh, and this is 2014. Before the, I mean, actually, they've probably made way more money since then because yeah, they're doing Bluetooth headphones now. Like, uh, it just seems like a really weird forum to go in, and I get that this is like my most charitable, uh. Uh, assessment of this is that they they think maybe these are a borderline product and they want to kind of do the whole thing where they get um consumer feedback and try, try to reiterate before it actually comes to or try to iterate on the product before it comes to market but the thing is i don't understand how they wouldn't like they're, they're a gigantic company how wouldn't they be able to just run their own beta program like if if that was what they were doing so for me it just seems probably more like a viral marketing thing and then and that's makes me kind of sad I I totally agree, and I if this thing was what I wanted it to be, I would have just overlooked that and still been excited about it. But given that the product isn't what I want it to be, I'm just yeah, I'm just extra annoyed that it's also on Indiegogo. Yes, now every flaw is magnified. Like, uh huh. Yeah, triple dead to me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which so like, but I mean the the I guess the the glimmer of hope I have is that. Because I think it was like, didn't you like send this to me? Like it was literally part of like their FAQ. So they like they they literally know this. People are going to want to use these as as Bluetooth headphones. 
So I like I presume that that's something that they'll at, like work towards, but it's going to be a while, I guess. Yeah. It, I, it seems like I, when when I initially looked for those sleep phones, uh, was it last year or the year before? I was really surprised that there just there there isn't more of an option for headphones for sleep because I, I would I would think that that would be like a like I would think a lot of people would want that. Yeah. And also, I think people kind of do because I'm looking at the funding page and they are at uh, 887% to their $50,000 goal, which is probably a bullshit goal to begin with. But I think that a lot of those people don't understand that these aren't Bluetooth headphones. Yeah, probably, I mean, probably. Uh, it's not a bit. It's, they do look beautiful, though. But um, yeah, who knows? Maybe AirPods Gen 3 will just be small enough where this is a thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know, because like nobody, that's the thing where initially, uh, we probably won't get into this week about Casper, but like uh, sleep seems like the next frontier in in uh, profiteering off people's anxieties, like where I'm sure you can sell a, like a $300 pair of um, wireless headphones that allegedly are like good for your health or something. Like I assume like this is the, this is one of those types of use cases where I'm sure people are totally willing to spend way more than they should. Or would otherwise do for like sports headphones or anything else. Same thing like why people buy like the Tempur Pedic mattresses for like four thousand dollars. Right. Spend a third of your life on it. <laughs> it's true. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, it's a bummer. All right. Anyway, maybe I'll try the sheep phones, but I still can't do it. Um wanna do a couple of quick uh, news and brief things and then we'll close this out. Let's do it. All right. You have two hundred and forty characters now. I do, but I have not have not yet taken advantage. Uh, you've seen the president has. Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, I actually think it's kind of better. Like he, uh, Nate Silver had a thing, and uh, I, I think I forgot to send it to you. But yeah, like uh, he said, the two hundred forty characters has completely neutralized his Twitter game because he's too wordy. You, you, he's he's not as uh, punchy and and terrible effectively at being uh, effective at being terrible now. Yeah, I guess I, guess I could see that. Although I do think his whole uh, short and fat tweet was probably over 140 characters, so maybe never mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. Th- I do think. Oh, I think we covered this before, but I think it's gonna be nice. Just there's a lot of times where you kind of give up on a tweet. You're just like, uh, I, I just can't get it to fit. So, uh, Firefox 57 apparently is out, and apparently it gives Chrome a run for its money. But I wanted to know what, like, what's the threshold? Like, what would make you switch from Chrome? anything i don't i don't know because like, chrome I, allegedly is bloated but i don't really see it or i like maybe i have enough ram where it just i don't i just just doesn't just, just visualize for me i guess i guess i just never think about my web browser like it it just i'm i'm not some i'm not some i guess well i guess what you would call like a hardcore user of, of a browser where i've got like a billion tabs open and i'm like got some like super strategic bookmark strategy and i i i I just i don't know like i just i i go to a handful of websites throughout the day and access like work stuff and cloud services and like i just don't really even think much about my browser you know yeah probably true i mean like but maybe this is what i don't know like i i this this probably will never happen but remember when like back in like 2005 and 2006, like everybody's like, oh man, Firefox is, it's like a four megabyte download. Like Internet Explorer is this rickety, insecure, 
exploded piece of junk. And then Firefox is a breath of fresh air. And then kind of Firefox got slow and stodgy. And then like Chrome was the, the new thing. But now Chrome's getting kind of kind of crufty and big too. So like, I don't know. I assume there is probably a threshold when it matters, but I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right where it's just, it's good enough. And like, I, I maybe Chrome has the, the majority of share of, of web usage, right? Probably. Well, I I don't know. I mean, it might, might still just be like Internet Explorer. No, like nobody's using Microsoft Edge, right? I mean, that's if that's what the default is on Windows, I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, but nobody uses Windows anymore. Uh, well, actually, yeah, that's, probably, that's, that's, a, that's a T-word thing. I'm back now. Yeah, nope, yeah, nope, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I don't know. Like, I assume even if it's like that, I assume like Chrome, at least Google probably won't ever let it to get to like a a Microsoft monopoly level of um, lack of care and uh, mediocrity where if somebody starts gaining on them, they'll probably fix it sooner or later. Uh, um, and then lastly, yeah, I can't think I've stopped it. Um, there's been a lot of horrible news recently, but uh, I sent you specifically a tweet from HBO related to one of the, sexual harassment controversies recently. And I want to know you, we're not talking anything specifically about it, but do you think their decision to pull all of Louis CK's past work off their streaming service is appropriate? It, it's, this is a, it's a really tough one. Um, I mean, obviously what he did is, is awful. Um, but yeah, I, hmm. Cause the thing is, well, I like, so it, I'll give maybe a little context. Like, so if you think about like Kevin Spacey as well, somebody who has a, a large body of work and again, uh, uh, sounds verifiably or by his own admission did a lot of really shitty, shitty things. Um, the work isn't only of that person. Like even like, uh, a lot of stuff that Louis C.K. did, like the, the television shows and the comedy specials and stuff like that was also like the uh, culmination of work of a lot of people. And just because one person did something shitty, I, like I, I, I find it challenging that that somehow is the solution where like a content distributor or somebody who, or a production company could be like, oh, we're just going to wipe, try to wipe this away from history and kind of screw everybody else because one I don't know. This is this is very challenging because like there's been stuff in the past like, um, what's what's his name? Who's the, the guy? Oh, Woody Allen. Like he's had a diff, like a, a a history, um, of ver of some verified, some unverified things, and people still seem to very much enjoy his work. I don't know. I I find I I find HBO's uh decision here is just it's it's kind of weird and i think it's probably the wrong one well i think that that's the the struggle is like I, I don't think just wiping away history is the right answer but then you also don't want to continue glorifying someone well that's the thing they can also choose like to just like demote it and not never like have it come up in like the promotional carousel of like the like the tv app like i mean they certainly don't ever need to promote it, and they can cut all future business ties with somebody, and I think that has the same effect. But I think kind of, like, I mean, if somebody does a body of work and then 
like, ugh. all right, so let's, let me make a really bad example. Like, so Michael Jackson, like somebody could have grown up in the eighties and really enjoyed his music and then debatable or not other things happen later in their career. That doesn't really, that you can't retroactively change the impact or the, like the cultural influence that their work had prior to that, especially since artistic expression means different things to different people. Right. Right. It's all, it's all terrible. I don't. Know. All right, picks of the week. Uh, yeah, let's let's do it. Unless you have any like a uh, conversation bleach. <laughs> uh, Twenty seventeen, man. Uh, can there be one month that's good? Can. Maybe Trump could tour Antarctica for December, <laughs> and we can all say Happy Honda Days. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody... I, you you can count on him taking a good long vacation. So, oh, the Winter White House, yeah, the Winter White House. So at least at least there'll there'll be less terribleness, maybe for a period. Of time. I I think that is too, unlikely. Too, too hopeful, yeah, probably. I appreciate that your 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 optimism is not dead. It's not been beaten out of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so what you got? So I I do not have a tech related pick of the week. I have just sort the best of a, kind. yeah. I think I think so. So I'll send you I'll send you this link. So I mentioned a couple of times throughout the show that uh, I was out of town this last weekend, and the reason was because uh, friends of the pod, Troy, Jacqueline, the lady friend, and I, we did this. It's called Rugged Maniac, and it's a um, series of events that are held across the country where it's it's a five k. And they have a series of obstacles along the 5K. And we, we kind of signed up for this thing on a whim. Like it looked it looked neat, but didn't really know what to expect. Like my my thing was I could have kind of seen the obstacles being like <laughs> like all the way from just like a little like carnival thing, <laughs> which was basically just like a, a hole in the ground and maybe some PVC pipe that you walked on or something, all the way up to like, you know, um, American Ninja Warrior style. So this isn't like a Spartan race, like no, right? No. So this is just like you know, you don't really need to like train for it. It's it's like very very casual. Um, And the the reason it ended up being so great was like the obstacles were a perfect middle ground between like they were very professionally done, but none of them were like too challenging to do. But some of them were like challenging, like in a good way. And they were all really fun and like everybody was having a good time. Like nobody was taking it super seriously. Like it, it was just, it was really, really fun. And like, yeah, I think we're, we're both kind of the type where we, we, we appreciate these types of events. Um, yeah, I just could, couldn't say, couldn't say enough good things about it. It was, it was a really, really good time. Well, it's good. And is it, uh, are they held all over the country or is it just in San Diego? Yeah, or no, held, they pick a different spot? held all over the country. So the, the link that I sent you and that we'll put in the notes has a list of, of all their events. And, and from what I can see, it's, it's pretty much, pretty much everywhere. Uh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So kind of a, a different type of pick, but I, a, a, a good one. One of the, one of the more fun, fun events I think I've ever done. Awesome. Um, so how long does it, so with all the obstacles and everything factored in, how long does it take? So we, we went, we were going at a really, really casual pace. Um, and there were a couple of the obstacles where there was like a little bit of a line. So I think start to finish for us, it was like an hour and 15 minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. 
the hour 30 minutes maybe um it was fun um definitely you you gotta if you're gonna do one of these things like you gotta go in understanding that like about a quarter of the obstacles involve mud (laughs) in some way or another Mm -hmm. so you you get you get really 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 dirty um which i could i could maybe see you not loving but um but i don't know i i actually thought that part was kind of fun yeah and this this might decide things a little bit. Like, are you somebody who enjoys? I think they have what are what they, like they're called color runs. Oh yeah, I've done one of those. Do you do you enjoy that, or do you, do you think that does that um, twist on that event? Do you think that's does that make it more fun for you? Yeah, yeah, that, kind of that was fun. That I definitely didn't feel the same way about that as I did this event like i I thought this Mm -hmm. event was a lot more fun than than the color run that i had done but but no i mean yeah i I, i'm all i'm all for that kind of stuff okay cool um so my pick of the week i'm usually pretty conservative about like uh uh media picks but this is one that i will cautiously recommend to people and i don't think it's been a previous pick of the week uh so there's a tv show and I'm very judicious about what TV shows I will invite into my life. Uh, that's called Mr. Robot. Yeah, this is this has been yeah this has been on my list for a little while. So here's the thing. So first season, uh, of four and a half stars out of five. Very very good. Second season, pretty bad. That's that I I had heard that yeah like really not good like very I, I no spoilers but like really complicated maybe trying too hard too many twists and turns like it wasn't like i don't regret watching it but i mean if you if this is a show somebody would want to um uh go into like you would maybe not be doing yourself a huge disservice if you just went on wikipedia and read the synopsis for season two in between seasons one and three so season uh three is currently halfway through airing on usa and even though it's a USA show, it's not like uh, it, it's it's I would say it's HBO quality, um, but it's very good. It's it's kind of Breaking Bad ish in the sense that it's not excessively violent, but it's but it's it, like it's it, it it it's good storytelling and it's good. It makes sense. And I guess maybe some people exerted some creative control on somebody who maybe went a little too nuts on season two, um, but it's 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 very it's good again. So if somebody's looking for a new TV show and uh, they want one that's semi-technology related and actually has very believable on-screen technology, I would, you could, you could do much worse than this program. Hmm. So throwing it out there and the seasons aren't too long. I think it's like 12 episodes each. And again, since you don't have to watch season two, uh, pretty brief. And so, so this is the USA. So, how would one go about watching the? It, it can fall off a truck. <laughs> is so that we'll, the? Is that is that the only option? I'm sure it's on Comcast on demand or something. Here's here's my thing. It's it's not a premium channel. You pay for cable. I think you could do. A, you can cut this out. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you're you're you paid to watch it. You're fine. Uh, but I assume it is mostly probably on Comcast On Demand or who knows, maybe there's a Netflix deal or something, but it it's, it, it can fall off a truck. Or trucks have been left unattended. I don't know. <laughs> use, use your conscience. It's, it's yeah. 
No, I, th- I think I always kind of forget about um, Comcast On Demand um, or Xfinity On Demand, probably. And it's gotten um, better. It's pretty it's good, not, yeah. Well, no, it's and it's not the same three ads for an entire season now that more mm. people are paying attention to over-the-top stuff, which I think was the worst part. I remember you said, I forget, was it, uh, it was some TNT show, but you said you were trying to catch up on an entire season uh, over like Christmas falling, or something. Falling Skies, yeah. And, the, and there were like three ads for like 20 hours of TV. Just yeah. over and over and over we, again. Yeah, we ran into that with we tried the um, the NBC Apple TV app for something recently, and it, it, God, it was it was like eight it was like eight commercials for a you know a twenty two minute episode of something, and it just oh geez. Ugh, it was awful. What was show awful. was it? Uh, what, what were we watching? We, we were watching. Um, this is us. No, but that's that's on the list too. Um yeah. you know, we were we were watching um it was that show with Will Arnett and Christina Applegate that it got canceled after a couple seasons. Oh. Um I don't know. A- anyway, we we were we we're it, it, yeah, it, it's the ad the ad experience on a lot of this stuff is is not not where it needs to be. But yeah, I I've generally have had okay experience with on demand directly. So yeah, okay, maybe I'll I'll look to see if it's on there. Okay. Also, you you bring up a very good. Uh, I'm going to give a chef's reject. Uh, BoJack Horseman, because you brought it up because of Will Arnett, is an absolutely terrible show that nobody should watch. I suffered through four episodes of it, and it is really bad. Is is he he's associated with that? He is the main, the voice of the main character. Got it. And on that note, they really shouldn't make an Arrested Development season five. I think we've seen enough. No, I think after season four, they need to try again. I, I think it's more of a threat now. Because every five <laughs> years, they're going to be like, we're going to make more of these. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah. Let me know if it's good, and then I'll, we'll see. All right. Well, we are, we are off next week for the uh, Thanksgiving break. Yes, sir. But uh, we will be back. Well, it won't quite be December yet, but uh, we'll be back post, post-Thanksgiving. post 